0: Well, uh, I was reading this week, uh, kind of a did-you-know type thing. Did you know that if you were uh, to read the Ten Commandments in the Bible, it, uh, they're about 279 words long? Um, Psalm 23 is about 118 words. Um, the Lord's Prayer is about 56 words. Recently, though, the Department of Agriculture issued a report that was 15,629 words long on the pricing of cabbage. Now, I'm telling you, it just goes to show it's not the amount of words, it's how you use those words. And today, we're going to dive back into the book of Proverbs and see what the wisdom of Proverbs has to teach us about how to use our words wisely. All month, we have been pursuing wisdom from the book of Proverbs. We have been trying to gain a skill in the art of godly living. That's what this kind of wisdom is all about. And I hope that you feel like after we have spent all this time that you have gained some skill in what it looks like to live the kind of life that God wants us to live. I hope you also have joined us throughout this month in reading one proverb every day. And we'll finish up the month here in a couple of days. But just because we're going to flip the calendar doesn't mean you have to stop reading Proverbs. When it turns to September 1st, Why not go back to Proverbs 1 and just read it again and let this wisdom from the book of Proverbs continue to flow into your heart and begin to live it out in your life. Well, as I said, I want to dive today into what Proverbs has to say about how to use our words wisely. So if you brought your Bible, open to uh, Proverbs uh, chapter 13. We're going to look at verse 3 there. But let me uh, tell you, um, I know usually we kind of try to turn to one passage, I do, and uh Just kind of stay right there and dig deeply into it. But today, uh, we're going to go all over the book of Proverbs. And I am probably going to go faster than you're able to keep up with me and turn the pages. And so you may want to just make sure you've got a pen in hand. And in the little box in your weekly update, you may want to jot down all of the references that I give you and the words that are on the screen. And then when you go home, spend some time this week going back and reading back through these verses that we look at and reminding yourself of what we talked about today. But we're going to start in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 3. So if you've got your Bible, uh, why don't you start with me there and then we'll move on quickly. Here's what it says. He who guards his lips guards his life, but he who speaks rashly will come to ruin. Then in Proverbs 21, 23 it says this. He who guards his mouth and his tongue keeps himself from calamity. Proverbs 18, 21. The tongue has the power of life and death. Proverbs 10.19 When words are many, sin is not absent, but he who holds his tongue is wise. A wise person, someone who is living a godly life, is someone who controls their tongue or learns to control their tongue. The mathematician and philosopher Pasquale said this many, many years ago. He said cold words freeze people and hot words scorch them. And bitter words make them bitter, and wrathful words make them wrathful. Kind words also produce their own image on a men's souls. A beautiful image it is. See, a wise person grows to understand that our words have the power to destroy, but they also have the power to build up. And a wise person will leverage their words for the good of others. I... Uh, go twice a year to a really good dental hygienist here in the Cape. She's very careful, and I like it that she's not rough, you know. But i, I got to tell you, when she tells me to lay back in the chair and open my mouth and she takes that pointy thing, sharp pointy thing, and begins to scrape away the plaque on my teeth, I have no problem holding my tongue over kind of to the other side of my mouth and holding it as still as possible because I don't want her to cut me with that instrument. But if you're like me, while I can control my tongue then, there are a lot of other times in life that controlling my tongue seems to be a struggle. So today I want to look at what the book of Proverbs would say to us about how to control our tongues, how to make sure that controlling our tongues becomes a pattern in our lives. So I think there are some principles that are taught throughout this book that I want us to look at. Let's begin with principle number one. It's found in Proverbs chapter 17, verse 27, where it says this, A man of knowledge uses words with restraint, and a man of understanding is even-tempered. Even a fool is thought wise if he keeps silent and discerning if he holds his tongue. A man of knowledge uses his words with restraint. That would be a word I'd underline. The idea of having restraint. And here's the principle that I want you to get. Don't say everything you know. Don't say everything you know, or don't even don't say everything that you think. I learned this lesson the hard way. I think I've uh, told this uh, story, at least in my life group, maybe some other places. I uh, used to, on Thursdays, I went to a, a local restaurant and met some guys for breakfast every week. And so after doing that for months, I got to know a lot of the the servers very personally and uh, got to know the hostess. And and she kind of figured out who I was and what we were doing. She began to kind of open up over time and share some struggles that were going on in her life. And one day as I came into the restaurant, she said, Jeff, would you pray for me? I have to go to court this week. And it was a parental issue that she was dealing with. And I I said, well, uh, what judge are you appearing before? And she named off the name of the judge. And I said, I know that guy. He was a judge that uh, was involved at the church that planted Cross Point, and I, I knew him personally. I said, he's a great guy and I know he's fair and I'm sure everything will turn out great for you. Well, I came back in the next week on Thursday and said, how'd it go? And she said, well, the judge ruled against me. I wanted to dig a hole right then and I learned in that moment sometimes it's better just not to say everything that you know or everything that you think. You know, when it comes to the use of our words, often less is more. Controlling our tongue, saying less is often better than saying more. You know what? There's a lot of things that we know and a lot of things that we think that are just better not said because often less is more. James in the New Testament talks about the use of our tongue this way. He writes, A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, But it can accomplish anything or destroy it. It only takes a spark, remember, to set off a forest fire. A careless or wrongly placed word out of your mouth can do that too. By our speech we can ruin the world, turn harmony to chaos, throw mud on a reputation, send the whole world up in smoke, and go up in smoke with it. Smoke right from the pit of hell. James says our words can be dangerous. There's a really old story about a guy in England who got upset with a friend of his and kind of misunderstood the situation. And so he began to to talk about what he thought had happened. And in the process, he ruined the reputation of this other guy as he spread this story around. Well, sometime later, he grew to realize that what he had been saying wasn't true and that he had misunderstood the situation and he felt very badly about what he had done. And so he went to his priest and he asked his priest, Can I be forgiven of this? The priest said to him, here's here's what you need to do. And he handed him a bag of feathers. The guy thought that was strange. He said, I want you to take this bag of feathers and I want you to take one feather and place it in the doorway of every home in our village. thought that was crazy, but he began to do it. He went back to the priest and said, now is it possible for me to be forgiven? The priest said, there's another thing you need to do. You need to take this empty bag and you need to go back around and collect every one of those feathers. But the man protested, but the wind's been blowing. You know, those feathers have blown everywhere. There's no way that I could possibly find all of those feathers and get them back in the bag. And the priest said, exactly. Once our words are out of our mouths, they can't be retrieved. You know what? Thoughts that are never spoken usually don't do any damage. But once words are out of our mouths, they cannot be stopped and they can do potentially a lot of damage. All right, I want you to have some fun with me for a second, okay? You, you have to loosen up a little bit. Sometimes you guys are, you're a tough crowd once in a while in this service. It's hard to get you to, to relax, it seems like. But you've got to play along with me here, okay? I, I want you to stick your tongue out. Now go ahead, do it. In fact, there's some people, some of you have people in the room that you've wanted to stick your tongue out at. Go ahead, right now is your chance. Okay, while you're sticking your tongue out, go, ah. Yeah, Good. Okay, now we repeat these two words. Ice cream. Yeah, doesn't that sound good? I mean, I'm getting a little hungry about this time of the day. That a nice bowl of ice cream sounds good. Now say these two words. Go Buckeyes. Go Buckeyes. Yeah, I see a lot of you refuse to say that. Here's, here's the lesson. Here's the, actually, you were much more cooperative than the first service. Here's the lesson. You know what? We do control what happens with our tongue, don't we? We do control what comes out of our mouths. God created us and He entrusted us with the power of words. And the next time you hear somebody say, well, I just can't control what I say. You remember that's not true. We do choose what we say. We choose every word we say. And we are responsible for every word we speak. And there are some things that we know or think That is just better we don't say. There's another principle that I want you to see. Look at Proverbs 20, verse 19. It says this, A gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid a man who talks too much. 16.28 says, A perverse man stirs up dissension, and a gossip separates close friends. Here's the principle. Don't repeat everything you hear. Don't repeat everything you hear or... Don't gossip. I heard about a, a small village about 40 miles south of Bogota, Colombia, that in 2005 enacted a law against malicious gossiping. No kidding. They, the penalty for gossiping in their community is four years in prison or a $150,000 fine. Now, I don't know whether that's cut down on the gossip in their community or not, but they understood maybe the seriousness of this. Gossip can be destructive. Now, gossip takes a lot of different varieties. There is the bless your heart type of gossiper. This is the kind of person who tells you a story, but then adds on, bless your heart at the end. It's kind of like this. Did you hear, did you hear about Bill? You know, he lost his job and, and his wife is running around with another guy, but bless his heart, he's trying so hard. As if adding that bless your heart or he's trying so hard makes it okay to gossip. It's not. Because the Bible says this in the New Testament. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up. So instead of talking about Bill, wouldn't it be more appropriate to talk to Bill and to share with him some uplifting words? Then there is the news flash gossiper. They gossip as if they are making some public service announcement that will benefit everyone who hears for some reason. Like, did you hear about Sarah? you know she's got three D's on her report card? And her parents have grounded her. She's not allowed to do anything until she gets her grades up. As if we, by making this announcement, we have made it better for Sarah. But you know what? That doesn't do Sarah any good. It's wrong, isn't it? Because remember what the Bible says? Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up. So instead of talking about Sarah in front of others, wouldn't it be more appropriate to talk about Sarah in front of God and pray for her? Then this is my favorite. There is the prayer request gossiper. It goes something like this. Did you hear about Mike? He had a breakdown at work the other day and he's in the hospital in the mental ward. They're trying to treat it with medication. Please pray for him as if the sharing of that as a prayer request makes it okay to gossip. It's not. Because the Bible says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up. So instead of talking about Mike, why not write him a note of encouragement to let him know that you're praying for him? Gossip can be destructive. Proverbs 11.13 says, A gossip betrays a confidence, but a trustworthy man keeps a secret. Wise people, trustworthy people, don't repeat everything they hear. There's another principle I think that's important for us to understand. Don't speak what isn't true. Don't speak what isn't true. Have you heard the story of Jorge Rodriguez? He was an outlaw in the Wild West days. He went from town to town stealing from people. He had pulled off a huge heist. And the Texas Rangers, not the baseball team, the law enforcement, had been after him trying to hunt him down. Finally, a Texas Ranger almost by accident stumbled upon him in a saloon one day, snuck up behind him, grabbed him, put his gun to his head and said, Jorge, don't move or I'll shoot you. Tell me where the money is or I'll shoot you right now. But there was a problem. Jorge only spoke Spanish and the Texas Ranger only spoke English. But there was a 13-year-old boy standing nearby. I don't know what he was doing there. So standing nearby, though, who said saw what was happening and said, I'm bilingual. I'll interpret for you. So he explained to Jorge what the Texas Ranger had said. Jorge said back to him in Spanish, Please tell the Texas Ranger that if he goes to the middle of town where the well is, faces the north part of the well, counts down five blocks, that's where I hid the money. The 13-year-old boy, in perfect English with a smile on his face, turned to the Ranger and says, Senor Rodriguez is a very brave man. He is ready to die. It doesn't do any good. we got to say only what is true. Here's how Proverbs says it. It says, The Lord detests lying lips in Proverbs 12.22, but He delights in men who are truthful. God delights in men who are truthful. People who tell the whole truth. People who tell nothing but the truth. People who don't tell only partial truths. People who don't just tell part of the story to try to sway somebody, but people who tell only the truth. When I was growing up in Sunday school, I think one of my stories that I really liked was the story of Ananias and Sapphira. Maybe it shows my dark side. But I liked it. I'll tell you the story really quickly. Maybe you'll see why I liked it. See, Ananias and Sapphira had this piece of property that they sold and they were going to give the money to the church. And when they went to give the money to the church, to the Jesus' disciples, they asked him, Ananias and Sapphira, is this all of the money from the sale of your property? And they lied and said, yeah, it's all, but it really wasn't. And when Ananias did that, he fell dead immediately. And I thought that was pretty cool when I was growing up. He would just dropped dead right there. And later on, his Sapphira, his wife came along. And I suppose she was looking for Ananias at this point, And they asked her, this money that he gave, was that all that you got? Oh, yeah, that was all of it. And she dropped dead instantly. Now, here's the point. God can't stand lying. I'm not suggesting that you'll drop dead. But God wants nothing. God is a God of truth and He wants nothing to do with lies. And so people who are living a godly life will only say what is true. We will only speak what is the truth. One more principle. Do say what builds others up. Do say what builds others up. Proverbs says it this way. Proverbs 12, 25. An anxious heart weighs a man down, but a kind word cheers him up. Proverbs 25.11, a word aptly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. Isn't that a great picture? Proverbs 15.4, the tongue that brings healing is a tree of life. And Proverbs 15.23 says, a man finds joy in giving an apt reply. How good is a timely word. Our words have the ability to encourage to spread compassion, to show love, to build others up, if we'll use them in that way. And the wise person, a person who is really following God, will use their words as often as they can to encourage and to build others up. Let me suggest three or four ways that we could encourage others. You can encourage others for who they are. You know, not necessarily just what they're doing, but who they are as a person. As you look at their life and you see someone that has a caring heart or is all about serving other people or has a gentle spirit or demonstrates humility, encourage them for who they are as a person. We can encourage people for what they do. You know, when somebody does something that blesses you, appreciate that. Encourage them for what they have done. You know, parents, maybe it's writing a A note to your child's teacher because they've blessed you. Or maybe this morning you felt well served by the greeters or the people at our cafe. Encourage them for what they do. When you go to lunch later today, if you eat out at a restaurant and your server serves you well, encourage them for what they're doing. Appreciate it. And then follow it up with a generous tip. It's the right thing to do. We can encourage people Not only for who they are and for what they do, but we need to encourage people for who they can be. For what their potential is. As you look into people's lives and you see potential in them, encourage them to reach for that potential. This is so important, especially when it comes to young people. Adults, as we look into their lives and we see the potential in them, we need to encourage it. Encourage them to to reach and to strive for all that God wants them to be. I can't tell you how many times I have heard pastors tell the story of somebody earlier in their life who looked at them even when they were a child and said, you know what, you have potential to be in ministry someday. And they filed that away in their mind and their heart and later, years later, God brought that seed to full growth and they realized their potential because somebody had spoken that into their life. What could you speak into somebody's life about the potential of what they could be? And then we ought to encourage people in their relationship with Jesus. You know, as you watch people who are moving forward or maybe sometimes struggling in their walk with God, encourage them. Encourage them not to give up. Encourage them to keep moving forward. Encourage them to to keep going. Tell them you'll pray for them. You you know, the only time that... we, We don't have to just pray for people when they're sick. Pray for people about their relationship with God and encourage them as they're moving forward in that. See, someone who is wise with their words will be a person who looks for opportunities to encourage others. I wonder, is there somebody that comes to your mind even right now that you think, I could encourage them this week. I I should encourage them this week. You know, if there's a name that comes to your mind, why don't you write it down right now. And this week, be intentional about finding a way to encourage them with your words. I I want to end right where I started with a reminder of what Solomon has to say about our words. Proverbs 13.3 says, He who guards his lips guards his life, but he who speaks rashly will come to ruin. Let's be a people who use our words wisely so that we will grow in our likeness to God. Let's pray together. God, I thank you for the gift of communication that you have placed in all of us. God, would you help us to be a people who use our words wisely? To be a people oftentimes of fewer words. To be a people who use our words to encourage others. And God, I'd ask you right now, through your Holy Spirit, to help all of us to take an honest appraisal and evaluation of our lives today. God, would You show us if there are any places in each of our lives where we are misusing our words. God, help us to see those things and then give us the courage and the ability and the boldness to move towards correcting them so that we might bring honor and glory to You. In Jesus' name I pray.